Hi, I'm Joanna Chaundy and you're listening to Baggy Jeans, the podcast, where I chat to the female music artists who made the 90s R&B era so unforgettable. We take a nostalgic look back at the music, the videos and the fashion. So whether you're a newbie to this genre or just want to remember how great it was, tune into Baggy Jeans, where I unpick the seams of 90s R&B. My final guest for this series of baggy jeans is Latosha, a member of the Atlanta girl group Escape, who achieved massive success after being signed by producer Jermaine Dupree to his label So So Deaf. Escape soared to fame with hits such as Just Kicking It, Understanding, Who Can I Run To and Feel So Good. Still regularly performing together, now a movie about the group is in the pipeline. Latosha joined me to chat about her career, past and present. To have one of you guys representing Escape is just awesome. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've been crazy busy lately. Yeah, I have, but it's a good thing. You know, I'm not complaining at all. I just love the fact that people are still embracing us and our music and I'm still able to do what I love. You got in the group with your sister and Tamika, am I right? You guys went to stage school, is that right? We did. Yeah. Well, actually, my sister and I started singing in church. And then, you know, when we got to high school, we she met Candy. And then they, they kind of formed a bond. You know, the two of them were like really, really tight, really close. And so Candy would start to come over our house a lot and they would be in the room just kind of singing. And then I would come in every now and then with add my little flair, like the top note, because Candy would do the bottom register. Uh-huh. And then my sister would do the middle and I would do the top note. And so we kind of developed that harmony early on. And then when Tamika, my sister, was able to go to a different school, she met Tiny at that school. And so she was like, I have this wonderful girl who needs to audition for us. I think she would be an asset to the group. And so we were kind of like, eh, you know, we'll see. And Tiny came and auditioned and she just added that extra element that we needed. And it kind of just blossomed from there, you know. So, yeah, my sister and I started early on and then we met them and Nick's Gate was born from there. So were you and Tamika ever competitive with singing? Yes, we were very competitive. And I think that's how, honestly, that's how we gained a lot of our friends because we will always have a competition. You would think that we would be angry at the end of the day or they would be when they would lose, but they would, we just would garner more friends that way. And they loved the fact that we would come and we were so unified, you know? And I think with my sister and I, it was always that. It was always me and my sister gonna battle you guys. And that's the way we met Tiny too, because Tiny, you know, when I finally met her, uh, I didn't know she was as little as she was. I kept saying, look, this little girl, <laughs> she's so small with a big voice, but we were actually battling um, with her. And so we did this little battle and she was like, oh my gosh, you guys got something. And she really wanted to be a part of the group then, but it was always competition growing up. So who kind of was at the forefront of putting the group together? Was it you and Tamika or? Well, you know, I think it just organically happened. Um, You know, they would be singing in the room and I would come in and add, you know, a little bit of Latasha in there. And then when we started to go around like different uh, schools and then we would go to different churches and we would sing and people would, we we would just look in the audience and see how people were just mesmerized by the gifts that we were given. And so we were like, yeah, we need to, we need to form this group, you know, and then we just, we didn't have the right name at first, you know, we had so many different names <laughs> that we went through, and, um, what was the funniest think, name that you had? 
Well, we had one called Silhouette, which I don't even know where that came from. Um, and then we had Atlanta's Best Kept Secret. And I was like, how long can we be a secret in Atlanta? Um, and then, <laughs> not a secret anymore. Yeah, we're not a secret anymore. And we there we were once we were CBS and the girl, we just could never pick a name. It just never stuck. And one day I was like, you know, we're just different. I was like, we, we're the escape from the norm. And so I told the girls, I was like, I think we should be called escape. And they was like, Mm-mm, we do not like that name and this and that. And so we went to a place and the guy asked us, he was like, okay, you guys are getting ready to perform. You know, what's the name of the group? And then I go escape. And they were like, escape. They were just tired of going through the names. Okay, <laughs> so you just made it happen. Yeah. I was like, it's escape. Yeah. So that stuck. How did you guys then come to meet Jermaine Dupree? I mean, I know you guys are all from Atlanta. Um, so how did that happen? How did that hiccup happen? Well, we were, you know, trying to find a label, you know, we wanted somebody to believe in us. And so, um, we met a guy by the name of Amber from Candy's brother. He introduced us and he was like, you know, this guy knows everybody and, you know, I trust him with you guys. And so he found out that Jermaine was having a birthday party and he goes, I'm going to take you guys to this birthday party. And I want you guys to blow his socks off. I need you guys to sing like you got the gifts from heaven above. And we were like, okay. And so when we went to sing for Jermaine, um, at the time he was working with a group called Crisscross, you know, and that's before they even came out. And there were two little guys, you know, sitting at the house and we went by there. And so we, we did what we normally do. You know, we sang and we really wanted to get the deal done. Jermaine, was, he fell in love with us. And he was like, I'm gonna sign you girls after you know I finished with this crisscross album. We were like, yeah, okay. Cause we didn't believe that he was gonna come back and he actually came back and he did what he said he was gonna do. So when it came to marketing Escape, what I loved so much about you guys was that your voices didn't match your look. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I, I was discussing this with, with some friends and they were like, but that's what was so cool about them, though. They were like people you'd get from the street. Like you could dress like that. You could be cool like that. You'd see these people walking around, you know, and so kids can relate to that. But yeah, then when yeah. you listen, like if you hadn't seen you guys and you just heard them, you'd think, oh, these sweet angels, you know, like, yeah. with, you know, it, it was a crazy kind of combo, but it worked. It was really, really cool because you guys were kind of dressed like, in the baggies with the bandanas and the hoop earrings. I mean, you were like Joe to seed out. Yeah, we were. And I think that was Jermaine's mission. He wanted to just focus on the fact that we were talented more so than the look. And he would always say that. He was like, you guys are like the ghetto in Vogue. You know, you don't have the clothes, the dresses and the heels, but the voices are amazing. And he just stuck with that. And so, and we liked it too, because we were kind of hood. We were rough around the edges and, we didn't have any problem with it, you know, moving forward. We kind of, you're like, okay, we want a little bit more, you know, we want to be dressed up a little dolled up. But before then it was, we just wanted to sing. And yeah. I think people, they gravitated towards that because of the fact that, you know, they felt like we looked just like them. We were just the homegirls from around the way. And so I think that that's why it worked for us. Yeah. And it was um, the clothes that you wore in um, understanding and, feels so good it was just that 90s look you know yeah. that had yeah. 90s all over it who yeah. styled you guys was it Jermaine or did you did he throw in some proper stylists to help you or did you pick your own clothes you know we didn't pick our own clothes we didn't um Jermaine was really totally 
in control of all of that. He would take us to the local malls and, you know, he would allow us to go with him. He was, you know, go try this on, you know, and he was like, I like it. And I think he was dressing himself because <laughs> <laughs> we were not guys, but he dressed us like guys. And um, I don't know. He, he, I think that was just that era. You know, we had the cross colors with the bagginess and the bright And the waistcoats. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Jermaine was just like, listen, you know, you guys are going to dress just like everybody else. We're just going to, when you pick the microphone up, that's what's going to separate you. It's funny because I was chatting to Kima from Total. Yeah. And she was saying something very similar, actually, how Puffy made them wear the leather and the shades. And they yeah. used to hate it. They're like, we don't want to wear it. And they used to be made to wear the leather and the shades because he said, you need to establish a look so people know who you are and then you can move on to dressing sexy and whatever else. So they had to wear the leather outfits and the shades for a certain amount of time. That was definitely total. Like when, well, now that you speak about that, we knew that it was, it was leather, it was them. You know, yeah. that's put them in that same bracket, yeah. So yeah, these guys were just um, telling us what to do, but it worked. <laughs> I mean, I remember growing up, uh, your second album off the hook was really, really big when I was a teenager. And I remember seeing the cover of the album and thinking, whoa, they've changed their style, like super changed, transformed from the first album mm -hmm. to this. And you guys all in black with the shades. Yeah. Who was signing you for that? Did you have anyone in particular? Um, Jermaine did reach out to uh, a couple of people that, you know, were hot at the time in the 90s. And so they were from New York. I can't remember who all was on set and who all was responsible for that. But at that time, he knew because, you know, after the first album took off, he was like, OK, now we have to do something different. You know, and so he called on the big, you know, the big wigs to come in and kind of get a style, but he still wanted to keep the edge that we had. And I think that's why they did the suits um, for that second one. And then um, we did want the glasses. We kind of wanted to feel like we were bosses at that time. And so he was like, okay, and I think it was Versace we had on. I, think, I may have those glasses upstairs. Yeah, oh, I think I have those glasses upstairs. I have the Versace glasses that we wore. And we just thought we were all of that then. It's like, oh, we've arrived, you know? So we put those suits on and then um, on one of the pictures, I think it was feel so good. My sister was actually asleep because we have been doing photographing all day. Like it was a, a full day of photography. And I don't even think we ate, but she had fallen asleep on one of the pictures. And to me, that is like one of the best pictures that we've taken. And, and she was actually asleep and we were like, girl, but that photographer captured that moment and the essence of who Escape really was. And I, and I love that picture. But yeah, that, that was a time when Jermaine was ready to take us to the next level. I remember you guys coming over to London and doing Wembley with Jodeci, yep. Jerry J. Blige and TLC. I remember yeah. seeing you guys there. So you must I have been opening do. up. I do remember that. And honestly, I think that was impromptu because we were there doing promotional. And I think they go, hey, you know, you guys need to do a couple. I don't even think we did about, maybe did four songs the most. Uh, but we were ready. We was like, okay, where we go? You know, and they were like, you get, get on stage, you go on after this person. And, and we were fairly new. I think that was the first time that we had ever performed there. So yeah, we the first time we had seen Escape, definitely. Yeah, we were excited. And you guys really embraced us. And we've always said that about overseas. Like, you guys love us. 
and we love you back. <laughs> you guys have a lot of gospel influence. You can hear it. So is that something that that you've always had growing up with the church singing and stuff? You have to keep in mind that my sister and I, that's all we knew. You know, growing up in our household, it was always, you know, gospel music. It was Shirley Caesar. It was the Clark sisters. Um, it was so many different artists that we listened to. And so we were inspired by that. And our father used to sing at the church. And so when we would get up in church, you know, there's a level that in church you have got to perform. You know, you can't just stand there and act like, okay, nah, nah, nah. you have got to give it all you have. And so we learned how to sing with conviction a long time ago. And that's just stuck with us the whole time, you know? And so now when they hear, even when we do live stuff and uh, we'll do understanding and I'll do a little riff and they would be like, oh Lord, she's in church, you know, take us to church. But that's just a part of who I am. And so um, I don't think I can ever get away from that, to be honest with you. It's just, it's stuck. It's, it's, it's part of my, now part of my DNA. And to me, that was always, I can only speak personally, that was always my safe haven to be able to sing. You know, I would go to different schools and we have to travel a lot, you know, cause my parents, you know, they would, uh, we, we, we moved a lot, I'll just say that. We didn't have a lot, but we did have music. And that, that basically saved my life for sure because I would go places and I wouldn't fit in, but I would sit by myself and I would hum a little bit and then people would turn around and be like, girl like you can sing and then I would meet friends that way what was your favorite video that you've done oh favorite video I loved how you guys would always act in your videos you had your little acting <laughs> thing did it I loved it I thought it was great that you yeah, guys we did. threw yourselves into that was that was that something they made you do or did you just say we want to be in this and act in it we always were over the top we always um, listen to music and just kind of put ourselves in it. And so uh, it was something, and all of us have, we're kind of animated. When you when you talk to ind individual group members, you'll be like, oh, she's cool, she's this and that. And we just added the, who we were, our own flair to whatever it was we were singing. Uh, but my favorite video, I have a couple, but the first one that kind of stands out to me was just kicking it. And it was the second one that we did in Los Angeles. I was um, able to get in the car. You know, they had the hydraulics on the cars then. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And they were like, Latasha's driving. You know, she's the older girl of the group. So I was like, oh, I get a chance to drive and make this car go up and down. And so... That was so much fun to me. And uh, just being out and seeing how people from LA embrace us too, because we weren't in Atlanta anymore. So that's kind of when you know that you've arrived as well, when you can go somewhere else and you feel that same love that you get from home. But yeah, that's one of my favorite videos. And then I like Feel So Good as well, because that was a change for Escape. We kind of got a little bit more sexier for everybody. And I started to lose the weight, you know, and so I, I felt good. What was the video where you guys are on like a yacht? And you had the helicopter come down and tiny storms off on the helicopter. <laughs> you know, I forgot about that video. I actually wrote, um, co-wrote the treatment for that video. Do you want to? Because it was a mix with uh, do you want to as well as who can I run to? Yes. Because so, it, yeah. it, 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 it was the story led on, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to sit down and be creative with that one. And Tiny was like, oh, my gosh, you got me doing all this love interest stuff. But she loved every minute of it.
Uh, but that was a good video too. And Tiny, she had her own little acting debut in that video. So yeah, I don't, I think she likes that video as well. I like the video where her, where her boyfriend sat out in the crowd, but he's with someone else. <laughs> She's just looking at him like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that face. Yeah, that one, that look. It was great. I mean, it that, was. Was, that was a thing in the 90s though, wasn't it? They had stories in the video, whether the artist acted in them or not. There was always some kind of acting role going on. Yeah, it was. You know, yeah, or someone throwing a plate at the wall and storming out. Of course. <laughs> it was always something. You had a lot of slow songs that came out from that, like Who Can You Run To, Do You Want To? They're beautiful songs. Who Can I Run To was a remake that was done by the Jones Girls. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. But I, I just remember going in the studio with Jermaine. And um, like I said before, we just grew up with gospel music. We didn't know a lot. You know, my dad did listen to Stevie Wonder, which he really sounded a lot like Stevie Wonder. Really? I always thought my dad was Stevie Wonder when I was younger. It's like, what? <laughs> but those, are, those were the only tracks we listened to. So we had gone to Jermaine's house and he had these crates, boxes of records. The girls were playing pool and he and I were sitting in the, the studio and he would play the music and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what is that? Because the harmonies on Who Can I Run To were just, oh my gosh, breathtaking. And so I listened to that record, I listened to that record and I was like, we have to do this record. And so he, he was like, you like this? I said, I love the record. And he's like, this is a song from the Jones Girls. And so I um, took a little tape back then, we had tapes. I got the tape and I took the tape home and I told my sister, you're singing the song with me. And at the time she was just like, I don't like it. I don't want to sing that song. I don't like the way I was like, listen, this is going to be big for us. I was like, I hear you on this song and I hear us taking this song to another level. She didn't know it then, but it was just something. That song just grabbed me. Even now when we perform that song, I still love that song. It still gives me that same feeling. And when I look in the audience and everybody is moving and swaying and they're singing along, I'm like, that was such a good choice. I'll tell you another song I really, really loved so much. And it's because I also loved the soundtrack. It's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. And that was the Love Jones soundtrack. Yes. And you guys did In the Rain. Yes. Oh my goodness, tell me how that song came about because, oh, I love it. I love that song. Well, we got a phone call from the management at the time and they, they wanted us to be on the soundtrack. And so I'm not sure if it was Jermaine or someone else that brought the record to his attention. But we were like, okay, cool. You know, and when we sang it, it was like, and I don't think I even had, I think I did some of the background and a lot of the ad-libs, but. Was it Tiny that sang lead on that? She did, Tiny sang lead. What do you miss the most about that era in the music industry compared to today? Oh, the fact that all, like, that at that time, we had so many female groups out. I made so many friends. Like when we would see each other in passing, whether it was doing a show or whatever, that was so much love and we would all sit there and support one another and sing each other's songs. And I don't know. And even when I would go to Los Angeles, I became friends with Jade 
And so we would talk all the time. Like I would come home and we'd be on the phone like high school girls. And we, I just, it's just not that way anymore. As four women in a group in the 90s, and you guys wrote a lot, you were quite headstrong on writing your own songs. I've heard you say in previous interviews that it, it, it wasn't easy. You did it, but it, it was a battle to do it. Now, what difficulties did you come up against with that? Well, some of the difficulties were, you guys haven't done this before. Um, let us do it. Our track record speaks for themselves and we get it. You guys want to do it, but who knows what type of writers you are. That's the first thing. And, the, and another thing was, it was really a male dominated industry. So we had to kind of claw our way to say, hey, this is, this is our music. I remember when we first got started and we did um, Living in Vain for Jermaine. And I go, we got to put this on the album. We have to put this on the album. And he goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was adamant. Like, I was like, listen, you signed us because of the song. This is what we grew up listening to. You got to let us get this. And he's like, okay, cool. Um, but some people, you know, we would go in the studio and you just have to, you have to kind of be like, we're doing it. We don't care what you say. And so we have to have that type of stance sometimes because people just looked at us like, okay, you guys are from the hood. You don't know nothing. You know, just sing. Like, like they say, shut up and dribble. Like, shut up and sing. Like, no. I'm not going to shut up and sing just because we're young and we're females. We could write too. So we just started to take advantage of any moment we got with people. And then there were some producers who were like, oh, you guys are so cute. You know, we like you. We're like, oh, well, we want to write a verse. <laughs> we want to write two <laughs> verses. <laughs> so we would come in and, you know, use our little Southern flair, a little Southern, you know, batting of the eyes sometimes and say, hey, we want to write. And we would get in there and we would, we would do well, like we would go in and sing it, and they were like, oh, wow. Did it help you having Tamika as your sister in the group, or did sometimes was that harder for you? You know, it must have been quite conflicting at times. It was conflicting for me um, because my sister was the type of person where you had to make her do stuff. Uh, she wanted, always, always wanted to be in the group, but it was like, Y'all go ahead and sing. I, my check is still going to be the same. And I would be like, why are you talking like that? You, you need to sing. And so we would, she and I would hit heads a lot about music. And then she would come in and play in the studio. My sister's a jokester. She would come in and I'm like, I'm like, if I'm supposed to be there at nine o'clock and, you know, in the next day, I'm working from the time I get there. But hers was like, what are we talking about? What are we doing? You know, she would come in and have these jokes and pranks and, Back then, you know, Jermaine, I'm like, okay. And after a while, it's like, okay, Tamika, you know. And then when she got pregnant, it was very difficult for me because they wanted to kick her out. And, um, you know, they were having all these, they just, all these stuff that they were, they were. Who saying. wanted to kick her out? Producers? Well, the management, the management. Oh, wow. They wanted to kick her out. They were asking us about replacements for my sister. They asked her, they was like, okay, if you don't want to get kicked out, you just have an abortion. Wow. Yeah, and it took a toll on her, it took a toll on me because I felt like you knew, we, we didn't have a lot growing up and I'm like, we get this opportunity and now we're here. Not to say that I don't want you to have any kids, it's like, you didn't protect yourself. Like we, my mom talked to us about that, like contraceptive, like she talked to us 
like, hey, you girls, you know, we like, do the right things, do the right thing. That was my mom's words. And I felt like she didn't do the right thing. And it put me in a crazy position because I didn't come into this without her. I always came in, in this with her and I felt like the bond would have been broken. And so I, I took a stance and said, hey, if, if my sister goes, I go. And it hurt me to say that because I, this is what I love. Like, this is all I dreamt of. And I just said it, you know, it just came from a, a genuine place. And everybody was like, you're going to give up your career for your sister? Are you crazy? Like, and I was like, that's my sister. Yeah. So it was very conflicted, you know, at times. And then Jermaine was just like, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. We're going to work around this. We're going to give her extra baggy clothes. You know, then he started to work around the fact that I'm like, but it's people that get pregnant all the time. And he was like, no, no young groups get pregnant. You know, you guys are about to, you know, everybody was just upset with her. But crazy that management would even say those words to you. That's nuts. And my sister cried. I mean, she, she battled with that for a while. She would go to my mom and my mom would try to give her the advice, you know, out of the faith driven advice from the church. And then she would in, in turn said, I told you to, you know, do the right thing. You know, and now you are jeopardizing, not just your sister, you, your, you know, your whole career. And she talked to us like that. And so, and my mom always told us too that it didn't matter. She would still stand beside us, you know, and that's all I knew. So that's why I took, I was like, Oh no, you go, I go. There's no getting one sister and replacing her. No. And that was one of the best decisions that I made though, because later both of us, we not, not one sat at home to watch the other succeed. We both did it. We both did it together the way that my mom has always taught us to do. Obviously we know that you guys have reunited and done various shows together recently, but Candy left the group at one point. And was that because of infighting? I know Tiny and Candy had little tussles here and there. <laughs> yeah, everybody was, I don't know, I think because we had been together so long and every day was each other. Like every day yeah. I wake up to this girl, I go to sleep to this girl, like it was that. And she just kind of was like, I'm just, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, And we were like, you don't want this anymore. We're making money. Like we're doing big stuff. And then um, we, they had offered me my solo project and then she got upset and then they offered her one and she took it. But mine never came out, but hers came out and she was just like, I'm going to stay on this, on this road, you know, right. I think I'll do better. Um, and I guess later when she found out that really wasn't something that she wanted to pursue any longer, she started to just write. So when you did verses, was it a given that Candy was going to come in? Was she was she already you decided it's going to be the four of us? Or because you guys were going to be a trio, right? Could you change the name as well? Yeah, when she because Candy goes through that, she'll say, I don't want to do it, you know. Mm. And we're like, we got all this momentum and people are calling us and they want us to do shows. So we told her, look, look, we get you don't want to come do these shows but we're ready to perform. So she goes, okay, well y'all go ahead without me. And we go, okay. So we sat down and tried to find out how we could do it without using escape. And so we just had the idea of changing the E around and calling escape three. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and people were still calling us. We were still doing shows without her. And then she was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> After we were out there performing, she goes, okay, I'm ready to come back out. We were like, okay, are you going to be in this time? Are you out? So she's like, I think I'm going to be in. 
So is the e the wrong way round or the right way round now, Tasha? Right. Is it going to be which way round? Is it? We want to know. Right. We always tell her that, but she um I think Candy is the type of person where she sees you if 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 she sees you're serious about it and you go on without her, she's like, oh, I want a part. I want to be a part of it. Which artist did you love working with the most, Latasha? I know you've obviously come across so many different artists through your career. But who did you enjoy working with? I enjoyed working with Mariah. Um, oh, she did the Always Be My Baby remix, right? We did. Um, she was very serious about her craft. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy because I'm very meticulous about things. And as I watched her get things together and let's go over the harmonies and she goes, no, try it again. We're going to do this again and again and again. I just fell in love with just the way that she worked. You know, I fell in love with her artistry. And so I took a little piece of that, you know, when I coming from New York, we, we shot the video in New York at her house. She allowed us in her home at the time, and she was married to Tommy Matola. And I'll never forget because Candy asked her, "What are you doing with that man? Like he's older." Like, <laughs> she did. She was like, "He's too old for you." And so we uh, we laughed about it. But I was just like, "Yeah." But her art artistry, um, just the way she handled herself in the studio, I felt like I could learn a lot. I just became a student at that time. So I will definitely say her. We didn't work with a lot of different artists. Jermaine wouldn't allow us to, but the fact that she called and she wanted to work with us was just big enough for him. And yeah, plus, you were very was, exclusive. Escape were very exclusive, yeah. weren't they? And it, was him. it was Jermaine. He didn't, he always felt like, y'all don't need nobody. You don't need nobody. I'm like, well, you let Criss Cross do a song with Brad and Michael Jackson and all these other people. And he was like, y'all don't need Michael Jackson. Y'all good. Like, he barely even let other producers come and work with us, so. I was like, okay, I think I might be pushing it. So let me just stop talking about it. But, you know, but was, no. Were you we, nervous we, to sing around Mariah? Was it, was it daunting? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> was it wasn't. Like, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I knew who she was. I, I loved Mariah. That was like one of my first, at the time, I think my mom was like, yeah, you can start, y'all can start listening to secular music now. That was the first tape that I bought. Um, Visions of Love, um, mm -hmm. that was the first tape. And so I just knew like this voice was beautiful. And then when I saw her, she was gorgeous. But it was always, how do I become greater? How do, how do I, and it's like, you, you put yourself, you always think about it, right? And it's about manifestation and you start to put yourself in these um, places. And then when I got in a place, I was like, oh, okay. So now I'm here. So it wasn't, I'm here now, now I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? It was like, I'm here now, how do I become greater? I wanna watch one of the greatest to ever do it. So I was more like taking notes, you know, right. mental notes in the studio, like, okay, she likes to stand this way. She doesn't like a lot of people in the room. I'm like, that, I, that's who I, I'm the same person. And then when I saw that she was very um, into timing and she wanted the harmonies to be crispy, like, it was like, whoa. I love this lady, you know, and it was like, now I really got to go in here and do what I got to do. Like, I can't play no games. 
And she was sitting out there watching us and she's like, that sounds good. I like that. And I was like, okay. So I wasn't even, it wasn't even a nervousness. It was like, I want to be great. I want to be a nice fit though, isn't it? Because you both have soft sounding voices. So it was, it's quite a nice fit together, really. Yeah, it really was. And I remember there were times when Jermaine on Always Be My Baby, they were putting the mix together. And uh, I think she and I sang the same note. And he was like, honestly, we didn't even know if it was your voice or her voice. I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, no, no, I'm so serious because you guys have the same tone when you're on that, you know, singing that register. I was like, wow. So I just, I was happy that she was loving the song and that, you know, we were doing a video at her house and it was snowing outside and it was just a wonderful time, you know, and they were very, they embraced us. We were just walking around, you know, escape. We don't care. We just walking around people's house like, oh, what room is this? <laughs> and so she was like, that's the dressing room. This, you know, so she was really very nice, but I could tell after a while she was like, okay. <laughs> You can go now. <laughs> yeah, we didn't work the we didn't work enough. It's time for you guys. I'll see you guys next time. You know, like I was I was really ready to go too because we had worked. Like we got there working, and we left. Like it was they were putting the finishing touches on just the sound alone. So that was one of my favorite artists to work with. Is that one of your fondest memories? Fondest memories? I have so many. I can't. I don't want to say this is a fondest memory, but this is something I would never forget. I remember we were just being just naughty, right? So we were in the hotel and uh, Tupac was there. And so everybody knew Tiny was in love with Tupac. And so we were, we had these water balloons that we were uh, having a water balloon fight with, uh, uh, not TLC, uh, Criss Cross. So we were blowing up these balloons or whatever. And the hotel, the way the hotel was set up, on, around the balcony, you could look over and down people would be standing. And so we were like, we're gonna drop some water balloons down. Like, so we got the water balloons, we dropped them down, and lo and behold, we dropped it on Tupac. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Did you run and hide? What? We ran into each other because he looked up. We, he looked up and was like, somebody blew. He was like, one, two. He started to count the Stand like the rooms, yeah, the floors. So we were like, oh my god! So we ran into each other, trying to get up out of their room, and they were in my room. Of course, they were in my room doing this. And I was like, oh, he's gonna come up. He's he's gonna do something crazy to me. I already know. So we ran. We went to uh, Jermaine's room. We tried to hide in his room. He was like, get out of here. We went to Chris Cross's room, and they were like, get out of here. So we were just running around, running around, running around, and. He never knew. He never found out that we dropped the word. <laughs> That's going to be in the movie for sure. That's amazing. When is the movie due to come out? Well, since you said that, we're in talks now about where this movie is going to end up. You know, we, we do know who the characters are, who's going to play, you know, who's going to play the roles of us. And, um, yeah, we were actually thinking about a miniseries, to be honest with you. That'd be cool. And I told, that's what we want We want to work on. But the people, of course, you know, there are people who feel like, oh, just get it over with. Two days is enough. And we're like, no, it's not. We have a lot to tell, you know, and people don't know a lot of stuff about us and we want to share our story. So that's like the biggest, honestly, that's the hold up. Have you had a hand in, in the casting? Have you had input? 
We definitely know who's playing. Yeah, we we got all that situated. We've already started writing. We've already talked to people that are, you know, have already penned a lot of the stuff. And so we just like, are y'all serious? So we trying to vet the situations to where you guys, when you see it, you know, we want you to get the full story. We don't want you to be like, well, I wish I knew this part. You know, they said this, but no, we want everything to be like, wow. It's going to be so weird, isn't it? To see somebody else play you. That must be a trip. Yeah. But we got people that look just like us that actually like the, the young lady that's playing me, I know Notori from Power. I'm not sure over there because yep. everybody swears that we look alike every time I go somewhere even my son goes mama I see it. yeah I can see it like you. I'm like really so we spoke about it and she was like I would be thrilled I would be honored to to do it how are you gonna find um, someone to match Tiny <laughs> yeah first she said Zonique but um Tiny she's got she's got a couple of people that she has that you know she feels comfortable with with doing her part and Candy has the young lady uh, from the uh, show Star. And my sister was going to have my niece play her. Oh, wow. Yeah, they both sing. I mean, I, I think that'll be okay. But, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But we do. We know who we, we want. That's going to be such a fun project for you guys to work on together, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be amazing. Because you're just going to be constantly reminiscing and, and going over stuff. Yep. And even now, like when we're doing interviews and people bring up, you know, like you just asked, what's your fondest memory? There are so many different things that come up and we're always calling each other like, hey, we can't forget this part. So now I'm going to have to make sure they put the water balloon fight in this next one. (laughs) To finish up on, Latasha, what advice would you give young girls who are joining a group now and trying to get into the industry with all the experience you've had? I will tell the young ladies that nothing happens overnight. Um, and today's time, everything is like the microwave effect where you feel like, you know, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be this, you know, I have all this money and, and you have to put the work in. You have to be serious about your craft, committed to who you are and know who you are and not get jaded by, you know, so many stereotypes. Cause I was, uh, a victim of that. Everybody's like, you're the big girl. So you get in the back and stuff like that, but just be committed to what it is that they want to do. And and if this is something that's real to them, do know you're going to have fights. You know, if you're trying to get in this group, there are going to be disagreements, but you know, you have to look at it like family in a sense, because you're going to be married to these people. Like you're going to be in all around these people all the time and pick good people that you want to be around. Because if you already see that it's not going to happen or you guys have arguments and you don't speak for months, this is not, this is not for you. That was the beautifully down-to-earth and talented Latosha from Escape. I hope you've enjoyed this series of the Baggy Jeans podcast. And if you're new to the 90s R&B scene, then maybe you've learned a thing or two about how inspirational these female singers have been to many of today's artists and why they made this era so very special. I'm Joanna Chaundy, and until next time, let's keep this 90s party going.